welcome to the Goal Lines Podcast, your mid-Missouri football guide. If you don't already subscribe, find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Welcome to this week's installment of the News Tribune Football Podcast featuring the Missouri Tigers. I'm your host, Tony Hawley, sitting here with Kyle Mack, a review of the News Tribune. And Kyle, I, it was, um, I think, a little bit closer than both of us thought last week. But if you're going to be challenged by an unranked team and almost lose to an unranked team, it's good when you can find a way to beat said unranked team. Yeah, I mean, you know, like we said last week, the Florida games have been a little weird recently, <laughs> right? right? Uh, this was another pretty weird one. We were... I was certainly predicting a much wider margin after how good Missouri played against Tennessee. I figured if they could do three quarters of that performance against Florida, it's, you know, a bigger margin. Right. Uh, but, hey, you find a way to win, and they did. And it was and it was one of those weird games where, like, you know, I, 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 they never kind of got separation that you thought they might get at times. And then it's one of those games where you go, oh, you knock out the other team's starting quarterback, and you think, yeah, it's going to be easy from here on out. And it didn't get any easier after that happened. Yeah, it turns out the backup quarterback can move. Right. That kid could run, which uh, yeah, almost played a pretty big pretty big role in, in an upset. But, yeah, that was, I mean, a heck of a play by Graham Mertz right. on, on the play he got injured on, running through to Missouri defenders <laughs> right. and gaining an extra few after. But you could kind of tell from the replay of him coming up pointing at his collarbone or something in that area to be like, hey, uh, no, this isn't happening anymore. So, uh, unfortunate way to, you know, get rid of the other team's best player, but you take what you can get. And then it was, you know, you wonder... Things have been kind of going well, and we've seen them get pushed, and we've seen them have to respond. I don't think we've had seen them have to respond quite so dramatically with super duper late. I mean, in, in, in the key thing is that fourth and seventeen, where you yeah. go, you know, you're 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 going. We have to come up with a big play, and you go, who do we have to go to for it? Probably Luther, and somehow Florida forgets to guard Luther on that play. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's hard to be more dramatic than converting fourth and seven. Right. The final drive of the game to, you know, go it and kick the game-winning field goal. Um, yeah, that was in- insane. I I don't really know how to like break down or analyze that play. Right. Other than, yeah, there was a receiver. I think it was Theo Weiss directly behind Luther coming open on a drive. Sure. Which I think is where. Uh, Coach Drinkwood said the play was developing toward was to that drag instead, but Brady saw Luther open underneath at, at the sticks. So, right. you know, why not get it yeah. to him and, and just let him be Luther? As a Florida fan, you have to be screaming at the television going, how do That's we not guard guy. that guy? How yeah. do we not guard that That's guy? the guy. <laughs> so just if you're Missouri, you're like, yeah, please don't guard that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah, Florida fans certainly have to have watched that and been like, him? Right. Really? <laughs> right. The one, the, the main guy that you have to make sure you've always got someone on exactly. is the guy that comes over. Exactly. And then to their credit, I thought, you know, it would have, you know, it would have, they were in technically Mebius's field goal range at that point, but they, they did get it closer, so it didn't have to be quite so dramatic. I mean, you know, we knew he, he's he got that in him, but it's always good not to make him have to do something extraordinary. It's, it's nice to, you know, not 
force him to kick record-setting field goals right. to win games right. like he did against Kansas State. Um, which, you know, it, if you remember back to that game, they tried to play to push up <laughs> right. and, and get an extra seven or eight yards. They just, you know, took a delay a game penalty yeah. afterward. So they got pushed So this back time again. a little bit of execution. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think the, the idea is always, like, sure. get an extra five. Yeah. You know, even though... We know Mevis has the leg to kick 60. Like, why not have him kick 50 right. instead? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was uh, kind of one of those games that had a you know a fair amount of milestone passing in this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had a cu- couple of guys moving up, you know, things and recording kind of, you know, notable things with still some games left to be played still. Yeah, so uh, I guess the first one first, it, it Brady Cook passed for 334-ish yards, I think, somewhere right around there. Okay. Uh, which passed, put him past 3,000 on the season. Uh, he is, I believe, the this is the eighth season by a Missouri quarterback with more than 3,000 yards. He's the fifth player to okay. do it, so a couple of those guys did it twice or three times. Uh, and I think he's now like sixth, sixth or eighth on the all-time single-season uh, passing leaderboard for, for Missouri. Uh, with him, Cody Schrader got about 150 rushing yards again, which pushed him past the thousand. Uh, and I believe into fourth on this, or I can't remember exactly, somewhere around fourth to sixth on the single season rushing leaderboard. He's okay. still probably 330 ish yards back of Tyler Beatty's uh, record from 2021, but he's. Schrader has a pretty legitimate shot, if I remember correctly, to get like top three. Okay. If if he's able to average around a hundred, you know, this week and then the bowl game. Right. Um, and then uh, Luther Burden had around 150 receiving yards, which pushed him past a thousand. He's the eighth Tiger to reach a thousand yards, and I believe is fourth on the all-time list. Okay. Way, way, way back at first. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of takes care of that game, and we'll kind of turn our attention forward to. So, I mean, you know, the, the, the end result is, like I said, we, it was a hard-fought win, but you did what you want to do. You kind of keep things rolling. Tigers are now 9-2 and two and 5-2 and two in the SEC going into today's game at Arkansas. Uh, it's a 3 o'clock start on CBS, and it, it's it's an Arkansas team that, you know, 4-7 and seven overall, but it's really been kind of, you know, a, a kind of a rough go of it once they got into SEC play. I mean, it's 1-6 and six in SEC play. So, you know, it, it, it is kind of one of, now, granted, they went out of the SEC last week and got a pretty big win against Florida International, but it's still an Arkansas team that's, you know, had a fair amount of questions directed its way this season. So the, the thing that interests me about Arkansas, you know, they only the one SEC win, and when you look at, like, their last SEC game was a 38-point loss to Auburn, and that looks pretty bad. Right. Right? But they beat Florida, you know, iffy, not incredible win, but still... In Field goal game in overtime, yeah. Time. yeah. Uh, the crazy game against Mississippi State, it was 7-3. <laughs> oh, that, uh, yeah, that game was so bad. <laughs> but then... You're within a field goal of Alabama. You're within a touchdown of Mississippi. A twelve-point loss to Texas A&M, and a field goal loss to LSU. Right. Like that. That stretch. They're all losses. Right. It's an 0-4 stretch. But you know, if you lose by a field goal to LSU and Alabama, and a touchdown to Mississippi. Right. That's a pretty good run for for you know a team with lower expectations. Right. And I think that kind of shows in the fact that you know. Um, 
Arkansas coach Sam Pittman, you're not hearing anything like he's gone at the end of this year. Or we're just playing right. out the string, or you know, we're hearing rumblings. I think you know there hasn't been an out and out like he's our guy. We're sticking with him. We're going to extend him or anything. It's still, but it hasn't been anything like. I don't think there's any warning signs that once this game is over, you're going to hear an announcement that you know they're looking for a coach. No, I, I don't think Arkansas came into the season expecting to be you know top four in the conference or something right, like right. You, you have to play off of the expectations of you know what you've built thus far but considering what the Razorbacks are as a team to be that close with that many big dogs especially right. back to back to back to back like that, sure you know that that says I think a lot about a team when you're able to lose those close games against really tough teams that should probably blow you out. Right. And then come back and do it again and again and again. Yeah. So then I guess that's probably cause for concern a little bit from the Missouri standpoint. I mean, whereas you might come in looking at just records and go, yeah, this is, you know, and the fact that they've had a fair amount of success against Arkansas lately, you would lean to, well, maybe we've, you know, we got this one in the bag before it even starts. But yeah, I think that you're right. I think you've done a good job of pleading the case that you can't take these guys lightly heading into this one. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, you know, if you're just looking at records, you're looking at, you know, Missouri has a 7-2 and two record against Arkansas since the you know, Battle Line Trophy became an, an official rivalry game. Right. You know, that's a that's a pretty impressive decade stretch. Uh, and, yeah, Missouri's the better team this year by, by a good margin. But right. Arkansas has done a great job keeping in games with teams that are far better teams sure. than, than the Razorbacks are. So, you know, you never know. And they do, at least offensively, kind of hit on a couple of things that Missouri's had a lot of trouble with. This yeah, year. yeah. And I think, you know, if, if there's another thing that worries you about them, it's, it's, you know, you always fear teams that have veteran player at quarterback, and they have that in K.J. Jefferson. I mean, it's, he's been there for, it seems like, a long time, and witnessed by the fact that I think last week against Florida International, you know, he became their all-time leading passer in terms of yardage and then passing TDs. So it's like, yeah, it's a guy who's been playing quite a few games for them. Yeah, uh, certainly a name that Missouri fans probably know pretty well. Right. <laughs> um, he definitely one of those guys who's just like, this dude's still <laughs> right. Still like right. I, I usually get that feeling more from basketball. Sure, sure. You know the propensity of, of one and done guys. Like having somebody there for four years right. seems kind of ridiculous if right. they're good enough to get noticed the whole time. Yeah, but he's one of the guys in football where I'm just like, really? Right. Still? You're still and he's, here? And he's one of those guys that stayed in the same place where yes. some of those guys you do that with are like a Bo Nix who's on what his third school and you go, oh, he's still around? It's because he's hopscotching all over or the Jason place. Or Daniels. Yeah. I mean, another example of a QB, you know, as we saw this year. Right. Where like, he's been in college football for a good while. <laughs> right. I think, you know, there, there are some crazy uh, stuff from his Arizona State days that it's like, you know, receivers he was throwing to have been in the NFL for a couple of years <laughs> right, already. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it is a guy who's played for a long time and in a place. And I think, again, I, I feel like, you know, if you look at his stats, they're, they're not super gaudy. I mean, you know, it's only 2,100 yards and the TD to interception ratio is 19 to 8. So it's nothing where you go eye-popping numbers. But, you know, this guy is, he's, he's good and he's solid. And, you know, on any given day, he might throw for a lot against you. He, he very well might. I think the thing that would be more worrying for me if I was running Mizzou's defense is that he can run really well. Right. He, he's sure. an excellent 
you know, pulling the ball down and scrambling or design runs, whatever they got for him, he, he can do it pretty well. And he's their leading rusher by yeah. a good bit. And what's funny is if none of the, I mean, it's not like his numbers are eye-popping where you no. go, it's 400 yards. The next closest guy is 312. It's like, how have you played this many games and your second leading rusher has 312 yards? They do spread it around True. a good bit. There, there's, I think, what, three more guys on that list who are all over 200. Right. So it, it's, you know, not quite Mizzou's setup where it's... Sure. Sure, Cody one, Schrader one has thirteen hundred, and everybody else has you know <laughs> under three hundred. But right, you know, what, none of none of the offensive numbers for Arkansas are super impressive. Right, like right. especially considering we're in the final game of the regular season. Like those are numbers that we were seeing, and I was writing into previews, you know, weeks ago for guys. Right, so having yeah. those pop up now and be like, oh yeah, leading rusher at four hundred thirty yards or whatever. It's like, oh, right, really, okay. Yeah, and you would think, again, with some of the games they've had where, like, you know, obviously Florida International last week was a big thing, but that, you know, that Florida loss in overtime was the 39-36, but I do think that maybe it's because they were that team that was also in that 7-3 to game against mm-hmm. Mississippi State where you go, maybe that's why those numbers aren't so gaudy is because yeah. they're the team that can also do that too. Well, and, and put up what, what, it was 10, 48-10 against Auburn right. two weeks ago. Right. So, like... Yeah, against, you know, SEC competition, their last couple of games offensively have been pretty poor. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, needing overtime to get into the 30s, you know. But that that earlier season run, they you know, the offense was moving well enough. Right. Right? So, you know, I, I feel a little different uh, talking down on them because I'm legitimately impressed by that run of losses where you're at right. least just staying close with sure. the biggest teams in the conference. So then if, if you know, it is one of those games where you try to keep them on the low end of the ledger rather than scoring a bunch, you know, it, it sounds like uh, the Tigers going to be missing a few defensive pieces they'd probably like to have for this one. So, yeah, we, we talked last week about uh, Teron Hopper being out for that game, making it so Mizzou does not have either of its starting inside linebackers, right. which turned into an issue yeah. clearly against Florida because there was a lot of missed tackles and you know a lot of kind of up the middle stuff that doesn't usually happen against Missouri's right. defense was able to happen. Okay, right, uh, and Teron Hopper is questionable again. Yeah, latest I've seen was he's a game time decision, which not great. Right. Uh, so we might see, you know, that that lineup or the combo of backup linebackers and again, which Chuck Hicks, again, I've said it a few times now, has done a fine job. Right. He's been replacing Chad Bailey all year. He's done a, a fine job. Um, uh, and then Ennis Rickstra is out. Out. He will miss his final regular season game. Uh, but the cornerback room has been, you know, a little better uh, health-wise the last, you know, handful of weeks than it was during that early to middle portion of the season so sure. that shouldn't be a, as huge of a drop-off right so i guess the uh, you know the other thing then is you go okay then i mean how many points can missouri put up maybe against this arkansas defense and that's i guess you know the one where you go okay which team shows up for arkansas is the team you know like say that was really impressive there for a while and kept a lot of games close I just don't know. I think that's going to be the intrigue. I think I think that's why this one's going to be an interesting one to watch, just because I just don't know what I don't know what to expect. Yeah, I mean, and during that that good stretch of four losses, there holding LSU to thirty four, pretty good, right? 
Uh, Texas A and M to thirty four is fine. Right. Uh, Mississippi to twenty seven is pretty good. Alabama to twenty four is pretty good. Yeah, like, exactly. Those, those are good defensive performances, and then forty eight to Auburn is mm. bad. Right. Uh, so I mean, I don't know. It, it's. Uh, is there something maybe that you think that Missouri can ex- exploit about their defense that can maybe be something that you can go, okay, they can have one of those bigger production days, or is it just a matter of you know, if Missouri is able to do what it wants to do at this point, then, you know, they should be fine because they've shown against pretty much everybody else in the SEC that, you know, when they're good on offense, they're very good. I mean, I think Missouri's offense has proven itself to this point, right? They're still putting up more than 30 points a game pretty much every game except right. the except Georgia. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think... The offense, if you know, if it's able to execute at anywhere near its normal level, is going to put up thirty points again. You know, and it's kind of. I I see the key point in this game as KJ Jefferson's running, right. especially with both the inside linebackers. Sure. If if he's able to break contain or maybe you know stepping up in the pocket and scrambling just up the middle, if that ends up being a viable avenue for for the Arkansas offense to run it could mean trouble yeah so I'm not one I I usually wait just till it plays itself out I don't usually get too big into forecasting things from the the bowl thing standpoint but you know let's just say that Missouri wins this one and goes to 10 and 2 have you paid any attention to what maybe some possible destination sites might be I mean is it still too early because there's a lot of things that have to still play out or is it kind of like this looks like a likely destination for the Tigers. I've seen the Cotton Bowl and the Peach Bowl okay. brought up. Uh, I think there's probably just still a little too much that needs to play out. They've, I, With a win today, they've locked in a New Year's Six Bowl. Right. I think pretty clearly. Uh, it's just, you know, the fallout from Georgia-Alabama and the SEC Championship and the fallout from Michigan and Ohio State playing and, right. you know... What happens in the Pac-12 championship? You know, there's there's a lot that still needs to play out with those top four specifically, sure. and how that plays out affects the bowl landings just from conference agreements and stuff. So whoever's you know the first team or two out of the playoff greatly affects you know how the bowls shake out. Right. So I've seen the Cotton Bowl, I've seen the Peach Bowl. I think either of those would be fantastic. Yeah. You know, and you've you've with a win locked up in New Year Six. All right, I guess I'll just ask you flat out then, who's taking home the battle line trophy today? Uh, I'll say Missouri gets it for the eighth time out of ten tries okay. and wins, let's go with 31 to 24. All right, that should do it for this week. For Kyle McAravey, I'm Tony Holly saying thanks for listening. For more information about this week's game, visit Newstribune.com and get game updates and more college sports content all week by following Kyle McAravey on Twitter at Kyle underscore McAravey. That's M-C-A-R-E-A-V-Y. Thanks for listening.